1: Nicola Everett.
0: Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, November the 15th, and coming up, how your Christmas selection box is more plastic than chocolate, we've been investigating. Plus, we've been given a first look inside the huge new Amazon warehouse in Dartford. But first today, one of Kent's MPs says COP26 has failed young generations after the Glasgow Climate Pact was secured. North Thanet's Sir Roger Gale says the has fallen short of the commitments needed to protect our planet. The two-week conference in Glasgow came to an end over the weekend. The Prime Minister has described it as a game-changer, but some critics say Boris Johnson has oversold what was achieved. Almost 200 nations agreed to supercharge 2030 emissions-cutting targets as soon as next year, but COP26 President Alok Sharma was close to tears when he was forced to water down language on fossil fuels after India and China Express concerns. You may well have seen the pictures of that. Well, Sir Roger has been speaking to Ish for the Kent Online podcast.
2: I think it sends out all the wrong signals. And it means that countries like Brazil, for example, who have agreed to um, reverse deforestation and to move towards reforestation, could well be tempted to say, well, hang on a minute, if they're not doing their bit, why should we bother? It's potentially very dangerous.
3: And this crisis, we're being warned constantly that it's going to impact generation upon generation. How big of a failure do you think this is that it's not really tackled a, a very crucial aspect?
2: I think future generations will not forgive this generation if we don't get this right. Um, we have still got the presidency of COP26. And that will run until COP moves to Egypt next year. So we've got the opportunity to keep the pressure on. And I think we have to keep that pressure on and then hand on the baton to Egypt. And I think the world community has to hold feet to the fire in respect of those countries that are not pulling their weight.
3: Do you think the will is there to to really tackle this crisis?
2: I think the will is there in very many countries clearly get it. It apparently isn't there in some other countries that are prepared to ride roughshod over what the world thinks.
0: Next, and a Chatham man's gone on trial accused of sending a suspicious package to a Covid vaccine factory. Police and the bomb squad were called to the site used by an AstraZeneca supplier in Wrexham in January. Production was suspended while the plant was evacuated. 53-year-old Anthony John Collins from Chatham Hill has pleaded not guilty. Bomb disposal teams have been called to Dartford after a suspicious package was found. Some roads were closed overnight following the discovery in Churchfield but say the items were not explosives and don't pose any risk to public safety. A Kent man who strangled his partner with her own hair has been jailed for two years. Edward Luff also punched, kicked and bit the victim before threatening her with a knife last June. The 47-year-old from Gunther Close in Hawkins had taken cocaine and heroin after an argument broke out. Now, there's been a slight rise in the number of hate crimes against Southeast Asian people reported to police in Kent since the pandemic broke out. 25 were investigated last year compared to 22 in 2019. But over the last four years, just 13% of cases in the county resulted in a charge or similar outcome. It comes as national figures from Ditch the Label show a big increase in online bullying. Liam Hackett is head of the charity.
3: We kind of see
4: the pandemic as a bit of a perfect storm where we were all suddenly locked in the home with higher levels of disposable time. But actually, we also know that the nation's mental health generally
3: declined. So kind of when you put those two things together, it's not at all hugely surprising. Kent Online News.
0: A lorry driver has appeared in court accused of trying to smuggle £33 million worth of cocaine into Folkestone. Border Force officers found the drugs in a load of frozen onion rings at the Eurotunnel terminal in France. The 30-year-old man is due at Crown Court next month. A cyclist in his 30s has been hit in the head with a carrier bag loaded with a heavy item during a robbery in Ashford. He had his mountain bike, coat, wallet and mobile stolen by two men in the Newtown Road underpass yesterday morning. You can see a CCTV image of a man police are looking for at Kent Online. Efforts to tackle knife crime are going to be stepped up in Kent this week. Officers will be patrolling parks, town and city centres and railway stations to find those carrying knives and recover potential weapons. It's all part of a national campaign. A man's been charged after someone was apparently seen acting erratically in Margate. Police were called to a disturbance in Byron Avenue on Saturday morning and arrested a 33 year old. He's accused of failing to provide a breath test and is due in court next month. Now, you might remember we brought you a story on the podcast last week about a road in Ashford that residents had described as possibly the worst in Kent. In fact, 300 of them had signed a petition calling for urgent repairs to Gemet Road. Well, following on from that, we've been discussing the state of Kent's roads on an episode of the lowdown on our Facebook Live. It's feared some aren't up to standard as we head into winter with potentially dangerous damage like potholes needing fixing. Toby Howe is the Senior Highways Manager at Kent County Council.
1: Funds have been cut over years and years and years of governments to reduce the number, the amount of money that we get. So we have to have a process where every road is inspected and we then have to prioritise those works. So safety is our priority we have to prioritise. We have a very strong asset management plan where we do all those roads are surveyed they're inspected every single road in the county and we prioritise again on those main roads linking the towns and linking the villages. Kent is a very very busy county, the traffic that comes through the county heading to the ports for tourists etc, we have a lot of major towns such as Ashford, we have an awful lot of traffic on our roads and not as much money as other places possibly to to maintain those roads. When I started many, many, many years ago as an engineer out um, in rural Kent, the funding that we had, we were resurfacing lanes um, in rural areas that I could only dream of now. And yes, gradually through many, many governments over... 20 30 years that amount has declined over this year we have resurfaced roads sort of equivalent almost from sort of if you if you were to draw a line from from the kind of london to new york type i mean we have we have surfaced many many kilometers of roads but There are still many that do need doing and they will be programmed.
0: Toby was a guest on the show and tonight they're going to be talking about the national living wage, which has increased to £9.90. It's gone up even more for those in London and is set to benefit around 300,000 workers. You can get involved by commenting or posting a question to our panel of experts when the programme is live from six.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Police are going to be using unmarked HGVs to patrol the M25 in Kent over the next fortnight. They'll be able to see into the cabs of lorries and trucks to make sure drivers aren't committing any offences. It's aiming to reduce crashes and 48 vehicles were stopped in the county as part of a similar operation last year while well, our colleagues at KMTV are going to be heading out and about with one of those HGVs on the motorway. You can hear more in tomorrow's podcast. Now, if you're anything like me, you've probably ordered something via Amazon now and again and been pretty amazed by how quickly it's arrived. Well, the company's new £205 million warehouse in Dartford has opened and we've been given a first look around. The so-called mega box is based on the site of the decommissioned Littlebrook Power Station and it's one of Europe's largest facilities. It sees robots working side by side with people to get boxes packed up and distributed. In fact, 1,300 people have been offered permanent positions with up to 600 seasonal posts being actively recruited for. Well, our reporter Sean Delaney was invited to have a look around.
3: Yeah, so whatever your thoughts about the online giant Amazon, and it's hard not to be impressed by the sheer size and scale of the operation they've got uh, near the Dartford Crossing. Uh, The new sprawling £205 million warehouse has a footprint of approximately 547,000 square feet. That's roughly the size of six and a half football fields. Um, Inside you'll find robots and humans working in tangent and these robots use these complex range of QR codes on the floor to be able to get to the right station at the time in order for human packers and stowers to uh, pick the products and make sure they're going to the right place. Um, However, one of the most interesting aspects of the warehouse is actually located on the roof uh, where Amazon has one of the largest solar panel installations in the UK. Uh, and this is part of a move uh, to be greener and more friendlier to the environment.
0: Priyanka Bernard is the site manager.
5: It's been incredibly uh, incredibly fun fun to have such a big site and all new associates joining us across Dartford and all the local communities. So it's gone very, very well and the people out here in the community has really welcomed us, so really good to see that. We've hired lots of new people from not only Dartford, but many other towns around, which is really good to see. We've also given people a lot of new opportunities of apprenticeship and new roles that Amazon new site has opened up. So that's gone really well, uh, and people have really appreciated that. People always mention that they have new opportunities, new things to learn, which is very different from what it is before. So that has been going very, very well. So yeah, it's been incredible so far.
3: And I've had the chance to go through and talk to some of the members of staff. Some of them have come from some similar jobs, some have come from very different. Um, How do you help people bed into the culture at Amazon and what makes it a great place to work?
5: We, we really believe in like rewarding people who are doing really great and also people who need to learn. We have constant coaching and that coaching comes from their managers. We also have dedicated instructors who have worked in different sites to learn the process and make it very, very simple for our new higher associates come from any background, any demography, really doesn't matter until they have the really will to learn new things and operate. So that's how we make it very simple for everybody to learn and provide constant support for them.
3: And at the site, there's a blend between human workforces and robotic, uh, obviously paving the way into the way that you know, the future as humans will integrate with robotic and AI technology. Um, How does that work here and how is that sort of building up to the, the Black Friday and Christmas period where there'll be an intensification of the working processes?
5: So robotics work very closely with our people, as you saw on the site. Uh, It works very safely. The way the processes are, the robots are there really to automate and make things easy for our people who work. For example, previously we had people walking around to pick products, and right now, the robots will bring the items to the people. To pick the products. And overall, I think the best thing is about it is we get new technologies through people who've done engineering and new robotics technology they learned, and they bring in that new technology to build better work environments for us.
0: Initially, there were concerns from people living nearby about traffic, but the company is working with Fast Track on its own bus route for workers. It's also unveiled one of the largest solar panel installations on the roof as part of its commitment to be net zero carbon across its business by 2040. And you can see video footage from inside the plant by heading to our story at Kent Online. Elsewhere, it's been confirmed Aldi will open its new store in Ramsgate next month, the new supermarket on Harvest Road will replace the existing store on Boundary Road. It's creating 32 jobs. And a company that owns several holiday parks in Kent is on the verge of being sold for almost a billion pounds. American Real Estate Investment Trust Sun Communities is understood to be in the closing stages of a deal to buy park holidays. Sites in Whitstable lays down Birchington, New Romney and Dimchurch have had a boost as fewer people have been going abroad during the pandemic. Kent Online reports. Next today and environmental Mental campaigners have told the Kent Online podcast that Christmas selection boxes are using excessive amounts of plastic. A post on Facebook that's reached more than a million people has shown there's often more plastic packaging than actual product. An investigation by Kent Online has subsequently found this is typically the case with the cheaper priced boxes. Well Leisha Gallagher carried out that investigation for us and joins me now. So Leisha tell me about the boxes you bought and what you found.
6: So I think the first thing to say is that that the office definitely seemed very happy when I arrived back from my shopping trip with seven massive selection boxes. But basically, after seeing a viral post on Facebook, I went to Chatham High Street, popped into Wilco, and there were so many choices. I think I've only ever received the one pound boxes from my friends for Christmas, but there were some some that were 10 pounds, which I was quite shocked at. Um, But what we found was that the worst ranked box was the one pound Maltesers box. And there was just so much plastic packaging compared to the amount of chocolate you actually got inside, which was not a lot. The Cadbury box was only marginally better, to the point where I think most of the £1 you were spending on the box seemed to be for the plastic. Uh, we also unpackaged boxes from Nestle, Reese's, Galaxy, which were all £3 each. And the Lint box was the luxurious one, which was £10. Overall, though, the winner was the Galaxy box, because for £3, you received four full-size chocolate bars and two sticks of the Galaxy Ripple. And they only used plastic for the individual chocolate bars and one cardboard box, no tray, no cellophane wrapping. So that one came out on top in our investigation.
0: And who have you been getting reaction from?
6: The creator of the original viral post is John McGow who posted it on his business Facebook page for I Am Reusable. It reached 1.4 million people and he's now encouraging people to go back to basics with packaging because he believes there's no need to be using so much plastic in our everyday lives.
7: I Am Reusable is is, is really big and we, we look at um, packaging all the time but we, we run a community food bank and a typical example, this is how where the world is, is messed up, um, is a coconut. We got a coconut from the uh, Mars and Spencers and it was produced in Thailand. It was shipped over to Spain, had a hole drilled in it, put a straw in it, put it in plastic, which is unbelievable when it's already, and then shipped over to the UK for the UK market. How we got to that stage in life, that we, we need, everything needs to be put in plastic. That's just one example of of, of many. It, it's it's really it's really bad. We we're, not, we're never going to um, solve this issue. And we we need to look at different ways of of um, how we package items. A bit like the Kit Kat. The Kit Kat comes in paper and foil. So why are all the other chocolate bars going in paper and foil like they used to be? That can be all recycled. Not that I'm into re- well, we are into recycling, but we need to step away from that as well. If you know what I mean. We need to try and get back to basics.
6: I also spoke to Liz O'Hanlon, who owns the Circle Refill Hub in Raynham and refills people's empty bottles with household cleaners and body products. She agreed with John, but said that we need to be careful that the companies are making changes for the right reasons and not just to tap into the sustainable consumer market.
4: While well, some people are making, or some companies are making a difference by removing the plastic sleeve and replacing it with cardboard, there's still that guess lack of thought when it comes to buying chocolate wrapped in plastic wrapped in a bit more plastic even if the insert um, becomes cardboard so I guess it's always good when companies make the effort to make changes but actually are there ways that we can just think differently
6: and I think a lot of um, companies and things like that they are trying to start to move to this whole plastic free world, you know, everyone's telling us we need to be doing it. And some companies do seem to be taking it seriously. Um, Just a, a question for you really is what would you say to the companies who are still using these big plastic trays and plastic wrappers? And there's so much plastic in this packaging that you're then, you know, giving to the children. And that's that's the c- kind of message they're giving to the children is that that's OK. Um, what would your message be to those companies? It's
4: the argument back from the company's point of view will say that there's a cost involved in becoming more environmentally friendly. So as consumers, we will absorb that additional cost. And so for companies, there's always that fine balance between saying, you know, we can do things more environmentally friendly, but as consumers, you will feel, you know, you will feel a knock-on effect of how much you pay for things. And I guess that's the million dollar question, isn't it, as to whether as consumers we're happy to pay more, whether as companies they should be the ones that absorb the cost in amongst their profits. And that is the, the kind of million dollar question is around kind of cost and ease of access to be able to make things more environmentally friendly compared to you know the, the desire for mass consumption for these things. And I guess as consumers, we have got such power to be able to say, we don't accept this anymore. We want things to be different. And companies will soon learn if people stop buying their products, actually, we're voting with our feet. But all the while, we continue to buy things without necessarily thinking things through. We're not passing that message on to the companies. So they will have the right to keep saying, our consumers are telling us that this is fine. Therefore, we're going to keep putting it out. So we, of course, the companies have the ultimate responsibility but as consumers we've got a responsibility to pass that message on to them as well as to how we want to consume.
0: Thanks ever so much Leisha and you can see Leisha's investigation by heading to the in-depth section of Kent Online. Litter wardens in and around Canterbury are being accused of spending too much time targeting people who drop cigarette butts. 272 fines have been issued in the first nine weeks of a new pilot with 96% given to smokers. The council's been criticised for rehiring the company responsible following similar claims a few years ago, but they insist cigarette butts are the most common form of litter dropped during the day. A car park near a popular ghost hunting spot not far from Ashford is reopening today following a spate of antisocial behaviour. Wild campers had been leaving litter in Deering Wood between Smarden and Pluckley, which is said to be one of the most haunted villages in Britain. The car park was closed for 18 months and the Woodland Trust say they'll keep it under review. There are plans to turn a former nightclub in Margate into a wedding venue and art centre. Club Caprice in Cliftonville closed back in 2016 and has now fallen into a state of disrepair. The new owner has worked with artists like Tracy Emin and Damien Hirst. And Adele's still at number one on the Kent Top 40 on our sister radio station, KMFM. Easy On Me is part of a new album, which is out on Friday. It beat Becky Hill, and Topic, who were number two in the countdown with Alex and Numi last night.
1: Kent Online Sport.
0: Football, and it was another draw for Gillingham at the weekend. It finished one all at Sheffield Wednesday. The result leaves the Gills still down in 19th place in the League One table, but now two points off the relegation zone, and they're unbeaten in four games. Well, boss Steve Evans spoke to our reporter Luke Cordell following the match on Saturday.
8: You are probably surprised to name five on the bench today, weren't you? <laughs> well, listen, the I think the staff were gobsmacked when well, I said, I'm going to put Phillips in the 18. Meaning if we had 18 or the 14 or 15, but I looked at the numbers and it was going to be four subs. And I said, no, no, we'll get him involved. And then he, he was really impressive in training on Thursday, really impressive. And I looked at how Wednesday set up and I looked at how they play. I thought he controlled the game for long spells. Again, he's, that last 20 minutes, the, the kids running, no fuel whatsoever, but we couldn't change it, could we?
1: We weren't expecting to see him until maybe after Christmas, so that was quite a surprise for most people. I
8: think. Yeah, listen, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If, if we've got a full squad, I think it's probably two weeks down the line before we'd have seen him off the bench. Yeah. I think he would have had another few weeks training next week. Probably the follow week, he would have had a 23s game or a game against the younger players. Um, but but needs needed to be addressed, don't they? And it and it's great because the one thing I know about Young Phillips, he, he's got the heart the size of Big Ben. And um, and it gives you everything, and that's that's what that dressing room in there is. We we see all these players in the treatment room, but the rest turn up in the fighter. And um, one of them just said today, it was a Steve Evans team performance today. It was. We it fought. was
1: a lot of battle in midfield. Yeah, before
8: fought, we fought. And when we fight, we are not bad. I, I've always said it. We put our best team on the pitch. We compete well. Jeffrey Wednesday, the, the teams at the top of the table they don't, they don't bother us. If we got a foot. We've just not been able to name our, our best teams. Anyways,
0: Gillingham are back in action tomorrow night as they travel to take on Cheltenham Town in their FA Cup first round replay. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. You just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the website, you can find out how one part of Kent has lost all of its six pubs as the last is set to be turned into a Turkish restaurant.